Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we attempt to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history. Currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keen. And I'm Mike Olson. And today we will be discussing the season recap. We are now three quarters of the way through. And it is time to recap the season. Yeah, this is our third Stallone season we're ending. Our seventh season overall. I, you know, I know Kim Kardashian. She Spotify wanted her podcast, so we got plenty of plenty of content. If Spotify needs some content, oh, that's for sure. Our each episode of ours is almost every. I think almost every single one of them is longer than the length of the movie we're talking about. So yeah, <laughs> dozens, but possibly hundreds of hours of content on this podcast feed. But um, and hundreds or a hundred listeners, <laughs> hundreds. <laughs> I don't trust the, the, the SoundCloud statistics, but whatever. It's qu- the quality of our listeners is what I care about. Okay. I do, too. You don't have to call us out on that. <laughs> what difference does it make? Uh, so, yeah, we're going to kind of recap the previous 12 episodes. Yep. Plus, I mean, we, we did some bonus episodes, but uh, we don't necessarily cover that. Those don't, yeah, those don't count in our, uh, our recap. Yeah, we're kind of just kind of looking at the trends that we're noticing. Although, honestly, the tr- biggest trend has been the world. Yeah, <laughs> the world has changed since we began this uh, season, and uh, you know we don't have to dwell on it. No, I- it was a it was a rough so it was a choppy rough start to the season for for personal reasons for you, and then the world changed. So it is, yeah. it's been a tough tough season, that's for sure. Yeah, for all sorts of reasons. I was I mean I, I just want to mention because this is the first episode we're recording after. Uh, the murder of George Floyd and the subsequent, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter protests and all that, just to give that context. And, uh, you know, I don't think this is the venue to discuss it particularly, but I do think that my point of view on certain types of movies is going to evolve as a result of kind of the world we're entering into. Because, you know, I mean, in particular cop movies. I've ne- it's, it's never been a, p- a topic that I've given any particular thought to in the past. And seeing kind of recent events and uh, the ways in particular that the police as an institution has reacted to criticism of that institution. And, uh, you know, not to talk around it too much. I mean, just that there was a lot of police brutality being documented in vast amounts in the most recent, you know, weeks and months. So, uh, I mean, I, I, again, not, not really the place to discuss it at length here. I don't particularly think I would be even qualified to discuss it. But... I always talk about Dirty Harry as my example of like if Dirty Harry was a real cop I would I would not approve of him but watching the movie I go along for the ride and I think it will be more difficult for me to go along for that ride with movies like that going forward so that's, I just wanted to touch on it because I do think there's a chance it may come up in our final season I don't know if there's that much I mean there's Judge Dredd which I think it will probably be something that uh, will be an issue. But, like, for instance, in this past, uh, we should go through the movies we talked about, but, like, in this past season, we had two movies about psychos hating cops and wanting to kill cops, and I, I don't know, I mean, obviously, it, I mean, there was Cobra and there was ICU, and, you know, there's no particularly any, no racial component to either one of those movies, but, you know, there's still movies that are kind of setting up these straw men of, oh, you know, these psychos, and they want, they, you know, they hate cops because they want anarchy, and I think at the time that we watched those, I just took that, like, yeah, okay, this, that's what this movie is presenting, and I, I accept it in that same way that I accept Dirty Harry. And just, yeah, I just think it's something I, I will be much less willing to just accept okay. when watching movies going forward. So, I, I think in those two examples, I'm willing to accept it, but we'll... 
Yeah, I mean, the, both in both examples, it, you know, in most cop movies don't really resemble reality. I mean, I think he, <laughs> I knew that going forward you know, previously, just like, obviously, Cobra is nothing remotely resembling reality in Cobra, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's presenting a world where these psychos, in that case, there was one, they, they infiltrated the cops in, in that movie. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's a little different. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I am certain that if we were discussing Cobra now, it would be a different conversation. That's all. right, all. that's fair. So, I, I, we try not to make these uh, episodes particularly topical or political. It's, you know, the goal is to make them evergreen so that five years from now people can listen back. It doesn't particularly matter when we're recording them most of the time. But I just wanted to touch on it because I do think in this case, it will probably have an impact. Okay. In ways that I don't even know if I, I can predict. My point of view... Is, is, is still evolving. I think my, the way I view movies is going to evolve. Fair enough. So, just something to talk about up front. All right. So, should we run through the movies that uh, yeah, we let's covered do it. this past season? Let's do it. So, I have them by uh, category. So, actually, this is not in order. Why don't I just pull up the, web, the SoundCloud? And we can I was going to say, you know, we go through them in order. We do have a podcast we could just yeah, look at. If only we had a website where we could go to and, and look at these in the correct order. All right. So... We covered uh, 12 movies, Rambo 3, Spy Kids 3 Game Over, Fist, ICU, Cobra, Rocky 5, and uh, we did Terminator Dark Fate, but we're not going to kind of, we're not including that in this wrap up. Yep. Uh, okay. And then the second half of the season was Daylight, Avenging Angelo, Ants, Shade, Rambo, the fourth one, <laughs> Rambo, comma, the fourth one, its official title, and Rocky Balboa. So kind of all over the map. Yep. We had two Rambos. We kind of cheated there. I cheated. That's okay. Rambo 4 was my pick. I went like, because we, we were going to watch No Place to Hide and we couldn't watch it. So, yeah. uh, you know, Rambo 4 was the replacement for that. And since now there's a fifth Rambo and we're only doing four Stallone seasons, it's like, let's just, it double, was a fair let's trade. just double up. It was a fair trade. Yeah. I'm kind of glad we did them relatively close together just to see the contrast. Because, you know, Rambo 3 was not particularly fresh in our minds because it was still a while ago. It was. But um, seeing that change in tone, I think that's <laughs> the big, the big uh, takeaway is... Uh, Complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And we did them at opposite ends of the season. So it, I think it, it was, was a perfect bookend. Just like Rocky Balboa was the perfect bookend to the original Rocky. Yeah. But I, I think this season, by and large, was... On the better end, in terms of the quality of the movies we watched, Ooh. the previous season we had a lot of real rough stuff. We had Ratchet and Clank, and we had uh, um, uh, Escape Plan Two. ICU. Well, this season was ICU. Oh, and so that was one of the duds. I think there there were That's two right. there were two very very bad movies in my opinion that we watched this season. It was ICU and Avenging Angelo. Oh, see, I you didn't hate Avenging Angelo as much as we did. I didn't hate Avenging Angelo, but there's some other movies in here I do not think are very good. Okay. Like like I don't remember what uh, ratings we we don't I didn't we we don't really document oh Spy Kids is probably the one you're thinking of Spy yeah. Kids is not a good movie I didn't ICU hate Spy Kids is not too. a good movie look Spy Kids three you, you were talking about our listenership uh, numbers the the people love Spy Kids three everyone is listening to our Spy Kids three episode it's, so it's, it's true got, there's it's got a, a lot of plays those millennials they love Spy Kids three they're the, yes they're gonna come after you if you badmouth their childhood it's you know, probably movie. true. So uh, yeah, it, it there. You're probably right. There weren't as many duds. There were the other thing I noticed the trend when I was putting together our list here. There weren't as many memorable villains in this season either, though. I, I when I had my season, not season two, but call it the uh, you know, I guess second second 
set of uh, Stallone season when I was looking at the notes. This is the third, yeah, Stallone season. But, but my yeah, oh my, last time, yeah, yeah okay. last time I had a bunch that I highlighted that I had so many that I couldn't choose. I ultimately went with uh, uh, it wasn't Pierre Yves. What, what, oh yeah, you Perret, right? Perret, yes. I ultimately went with him, but there were like three or four others that I had honorable mentions for. This season did not was not nearly as strong. You know, it's funny you say that because when I, you know, we'll get to our bests and worsts in a bit. But uh, yeah, now that I'm looking at who, who I chose, it's yeah, it is not. Uh, it was slim pickings. It is slim pickings. Around. You're right. I didn't really. It didn't really occur to me. I was like, this one, this is my favorite, and I just kind of left it at that. I didn't. Compare it to prior mine seasons. Is not, mine would not have been selected probably in any other season of Schwarzenegger or Stallone. I mean, they're, yeah. it was slim pickings. Yeah, I th- Rocky movies, we're past the point where you have the mustache-twirling villains. You know, yeah. Rocky Four is the last one where you get Drago. From Rocky that, Five, you kind of had it. Not necessarily Tommy Gunn, but... Yeah, uh, kind of. With Duke. Yeah, Duke uh, is the most villainous... In I mean, in, in some ways, he's one of the most villainous characters in the entire series. But he's not—he's not a boxer. He's not—he's right. uh, not an opponent. He's—he's—he's he's, he's the emperor as opposed to Darth Vader. He's not the one out doing stuff. Exactly. Or he's you know Goldfinger to Odd Job or whatever. You know, pick pick your uh, comparison. So yeah, I, that that is true. But you know, I think we got a lot of interesting stuff like Fist, like you know, yeah. You know, seeing him in that period of his career when he was still fresh and still like that was full of potential. That uh, you know, we also saw him near the end of his career where we saw that potential largely squandered. But <laughs> you know, I think last season we were pretty harsh, sometimes rightfully so. So when it comes to Stallone's career, I think in large part watching every one of these movies is an illustration of his wasted potential. So when you watch Fist. You go, oh, look at this fresh-faced young actor who is just the sky is the limit. And I mean, in part of in in part, it highlights the the tragedy that he never fully kind of fulfilled his potential as you know an actor. Um, but whatever, I don't begrudge him. He decided he wanted to Make be money. be to be rich. Yeah, yeah, and he he exploited. And it, to his credit, I was about to say he exploited his his major characters like Rocky and Rambo, but to his credit, none of those movies are terrible, at least not in my opinion. Uh, you know, the Rambo movies get pretty silly and Rocky four is pretty silly. And, but by the standards of tr- of just wringing every dollar out of the goodwill that he had built up up to that point, you know, he, he left both franchises in a state where they were still redeemable. And so that, that, you know, I mean, I don't know if that was intentional or, you know, it, it, it could have been a, a lot worse, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think there were some interesting movies. I enjoyed Daylights. I'd never seen Daylights. Uh, I did. That, that's another one that almost made my list of bad movies. Oh, I so just yeah. missed the cut. It's just your, your, uh, your uh, bias against disaster movies. I, I'll freely admit that some of them my bias, but it is not a good movie. I hope you don't have the, the fireball as your worst villain. Oh, he's he's getting the shifty eyes. He's like the dog. This is like the dog in the Simpsons. A shifty eyed dog. Okay, well, <laughs> spoilers, but I I think I've predicted. I think you have. Okay, well, <laughs> I disagree. Well, maybe we should just get to it then. All right. But I, I fundamentally disagree with treating I that as a villain. Disagree. Just conceptually, I I don't see the I, you and I see disaster movies in very different ways. I think. Well, because I feel I see like them you, as trash. <laughs> 
but I feel like you let's let's just get to our categories best and worst uh, uh, various, yeah. and we'll, we'll start with villains since we're talking about it now okay but I, I it, it feels like you need to have a villain in a movie to enjoy it and so you assign the villain role to a natural disaster I don't know if I need to have it but in an action movie like that I think what makes or breaks an action movie is the villain it's true okay and I think if but so far we've only done Stallone and Schwarzenegger, we're not done with Stallone. Right. But if you, to me, if you look at what the best action movies, the ones that we have, I think, universally enjoyed, it is normally the ones that have either a really strong actor who just rises above a poorly written villain, or then the real great ones are the ones that it's, it is an interesting villain to begin with, and then they cast it perfectly, and it elevates it even more. Yeah. And I just think if you have a bland villain... Those aren't the, the the juicy and meaty parts. You need the antagonist to make your hero even that more heroic, and you, you want to root for him. But that, but you're you're basically saying what I just said. You're saying that you need a villain. That's why I said you, you want in you want there movie. to be a villain in an action movie. Yes, and I don't necessarily feel like in a disaster style action movies. I, I enjoy Maybe, I, I enjoy it as a as a as a genre because I enjoy how villainless they are. I think that's the thing that makes a disaster movie unique is that there's no villain. It's just people stuck in a really difficult circumstance. And I I generally like that. I, I say that. I also will admit that most disaster movies are terrible. <laughs> we always talk about Volcano as the, the <laughs> one we point at and laugh. <laughs> Although I haven't seen Volcano, we you know I, I feel like I should watch it again just because that feels like a bonus episode waiting to happen. <laughs> Maybe, I mean uh, we haven't discussed at all what we're going to do for no, bonus episodes. We'll figure it out. I would like to do a couple more commentaries. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So maybe a commentary of a movie we haven't seen in 30 years and just be like, because, you know, part of me doesn't want to do a commentary on a movie we're unfamiliar with because it's like, like, you have to know something if you're going to be talking during the show. Yeah, exactly. When we did, we did a commentary for The Rock, if you want to go back and listen to that, and we did a commentary for No Country for All Men. And those are two movies that both of us are very familiar with. It's easy to do. Oh, God, my tablet wants to restart. If you're hearing, you know, Windows noises, I apologize. Anyway, yeah. I mean, those are movies we're familiar with, so we can very easily talk over them. Yeah. We're not missing anything because we know what happens. Yeah, <laughs> actually, just doing a, a commentary of Volcano. You're like, what? What is this? What's the, who's that character? Your criticism of me on The Rock was, stop it. You're ruining it. We'll get there. Well, yeah. You were jumping ahead. This was all. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about right. best and worst villain. Best villain. Should, should we start with best or worst? We'll start with best villain. You've already spoiled your worst, but okay. I, I struggled with best villain, but I'll, I'll go first. Okay. <sighs> General Mandible Ants. <laughs> General Mandible ants. I guess yeah. you're right that, that this that's how slim pickings it was. I you know, Gene Hackman I think was given a good performance, and honestly, when I went through the list, it was really tough. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? This was the best performance. There wasn't anybody who was a true a true villain. Cause cause even in the the Rambo movies, I was not one was a cartoon, kind of. Yeah. And the other, I'm like, no, no, that that sadist is not this is not what the this podcast is about. Yeah, the Rambo Four villain is more representative of like cruelty as a concept more right. than like a character himself. Yes. And so the, so there wasn't anything in the Rambo and as you said there really isn't anything in the Rockies that we covered either cuz I I kind of like Mason Dixon to be honest. Yeah. So um it was pretty slim picking. So Gene Hackman my hat's off to you. You you get best villain this season from me. Yeah, I agree. He, uh, we Oh, uh, is that who you picked? Yeah, I I, I, I <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't just repeating your pick. I was saying my pick. Yeah, General Mandible from, oh, wow. from, from Ants. I didn't remember his name. I just wrote the Gene Hackman Ant. I, that's what I would have. But it's for this, I'm like, I should look this up and see what it's 
what it actually yeah, is. Yeah, I'm anymore. getting too lazy in my preparation, but it's uh, whatever. So yeah, I, we we are in agreements. Yeah. you're right that uh, I just went like, yeah, that's my favorite villain from the season. And but you saying it was it was there were not a lot of villains. I when you said that, I looked it down at my notes and went like, oh yeah, I've got a, an ant as my best, best villain. <laughs> got an animated vi- an ant as yeah. my villain, but he is good and he's giving it all. I, I don't yeah. know if Gene Hackman did a lot of animated stuff. I, I can't think of anything else. I don't yeah, know if he's been in any Pixar stuff. I don't think so. No. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I w- someone like Gene Hackman, you know, who obviously has this pedigree that goes back to the 70s and, uh, you know, the French Connection and all that. And you would think he would be kind of holding his nose through the whole thing and kind of sleepwalking through. No, I, I didn't think so. No, he was committed. He's Yeah, he's a real actor. He, he gives it his all even when he's playing a villainous <laughs> ant. A villainous <laughs> genocidal ant. All right, worst villain, yes, tunnel explosion. <laughs> I just fundam- I just fundamentally disagree with the, the notion of that being a villain, but I understand where you're coming from. Uh, but I I liked daylight. Here's here's the thing. It was Slim Pickens actually on this too. Oh, I disagree because I wasn't going to go worst villain again. I was uh, sadism, right? That that I yeah yeah, yeah. no no no. I, so it's a, it's, it's an awful villain, but this worst villain is supposed to be like bad performance yeah, yeah. type stuff. I agree. And, yeah, yeah. That, that character from Rocky from Rambo Four is just out of the picture for these types of categories. Yeah. it's not a character really. No. So then what did you go with? I thought this was pretty obvious. I went with fake Slater from ICU. The killer from ICU. Okay. We never, we never learned his real name, but he, he went by Slater. Through he's Jack Slater. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't Jack Slater. It was some other name. I don't remember his first name. It was the name of a dead cop anyway. So. Yes. That probably, if if I wasn't so anti-disaster, that's probably what I would have went with. Yeah. It wasn't a good performance. It wasn't really a well-rounded villain. And just the whole structure of that movie Everybody was a villain. Well, everyone a was potential. a potential villain. Yeah, yeah, it was a whodunit, uh, a very bad whodunit, uh, which where it didn't matter who did it. We talked about it in that episode yes. of just like could have been any of these characters and nothing would have changed. So yeah, I think based on that, and just you know we were confused about his motivations and stuff. Um, you know, not to jump back in what I was talking about earlier, but we did it back to back with Cobra, and at least in Cobra you understand this guy is just crazy and he's a psycho, yeah. whereas the the villain in ICU it's like. They try to kind of explain it, but it makes no sense, and it's just like, you know what, this character is just not interesting as a villain, and it's revealed, he's revealed to be a villain too late in the movie, because they're trying to save the reveal, and the reveal isn't interesting, so it's like, you don't have, you don't have time to react, it's just like, who's the killer? It's that guy! Oh, he's dead now. It's the end. He's, Stallone, he's been impaled. Stallone dropped him on a thresher or something. Yes. He dropped him on a thresher, then picked him up, flipped him over, and dropped him again. Just to make sure. You had to make sure I got killed twice. All okay, right. What what, else? What's our next category? Uh, well, I, I picked, we, starting with villain, so we, what do you want to move on to? All right. Why don't we go, why don't we go to Stallone performances, best and worst of okay. the season? Let's start with worst. I, I want to end okay. with positives here. Okay. So uh, I'll start, since you started last time. I went with Avenging Angelo. Really? As whatever his name is in that movie. Oh, I am... I'm surprised by that. One, you you should remember what his name was. Frankie. Oh, yes. Frank. Oh, right. Frankie Delano. Yes. Right. That was one I considered for the silly names category, although I ultimately didn't pick it. But yes, I forgot Frankie that, Delano. That, that's a good entry for that. Um, no, I'll defend that. I'll defend this. I think his performance is pretty good, but I also am defending that movie... Uh, to yeah. someone who really hates that movie, yeah, I, you're under, uh, underestimating how much I despise that movie. I hated it so much. I, I see. I don't think Stallone is. It's he's certainly, I think, giving probably the best performance in that movie. And I think it's 
a pretty good performance overall. I will agree with the first part of that. He's giving the best performance. That's how bad I think everything else in that movie is. He is giving the best performance in that movie. It is also simultaneously the worst Stallone performance we watched this season. Oh, I I disagree because I have a different one, and you're going to disagree with this. I went with The Toy Maker, Spy Kids 3D Game Over. Yeah, I understand that. I understand where you're coming from. And I know you're going to say, well, no, remember, it's a kid's movie. He's yeah, it's a, cam- it's a campy performance. It, it was a bad campy performance. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you. I think it's not a style of acting we see from Stallone. It was good cause. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're probably right there. You're, you're probably correct. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other movie where he's being this campy. Maybe Judge Dredd, which we haven't gotten to We yet. haven't gotten it's, to uh, Judge Dredd. Gotten- I don't know if it's campy, but it... Rhinestone yeah. is cl- is the closest that I can think of. Yeah, so far that's probably the closest. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I enjoy watching Stallone having fun in that movie. It doesn't make it a good performance, so I I, I can't argue with you. I, I'm not I think say- it's fair to say both both of them are not. Well, let's clarify. Are, are you talking just about him as the toy maker, or are you talking about his three alter egos all also? Because they're all part of the toy maker. Yeah, some of those, in particular, that like hippie alter ego he has. Whatever it's supposed to be. Seth and Munchie. <laughs> sure, yes. Yeah, it was like a hippie. And there was a guy in like a World War One helmet. Yes, Otto von yeah. Bismarck. Who was the third guy? I don't remember I don't who remember the third the guy other was. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, how about, how about best alone performance? This one actually was pretty easy for me. I think I, my choice was... Yeah, this is the one that jumped out immediately of probably all the rankings I did. I have a feeling we're going to agree, but maybe I'll be surprised. All right, well, I went with Johnny Kovac, Fist. Oh, I I oh, am surprised. Okay, I went with Rocky Balboa in Rocky Balboa. Okay, so it, I I kind of wanted some of this. I will admit, I was trying to balance out some of my selections here of not being too heavy in yeah. one particular movie. I have no problem with that. I, I, I will list Rocky as the best for for many yeah. many categories and be unapologetic. It is, and it is a really good performance. In Rocky Balboa, I think because it's a character I had seen so many times. Granted, different performances. Yeah, I was really kind of I. I was impressed. You know, I don't know if Fist and even Stallone was Academy Award caliber, but it was. It was. A, I think so. I, it would be in the discussion. I don't see it's. It's that. It felt to me like Nicholson and Hoffa, right? I mean, it was. Yeah. It, it felt. It felt of that stature and caliber and i and it was certainly not something i would have ever expected to see on his filmography so for all of that i thought it was a really really good performance yeah i i I agree with everything you said and it's definitely my number two yeah and i'm sure the only reason why i didn't consider it is because of how much i do like rocky balboa and even the, the scenes that i was critical of when we covered that i do think he's giving a great performance even in that scene that i don't particularly like where he's talking he's trying to win them win the uh licensing board over I don't like the scene, but I think he's... You don't like the see, writing more so. The writing, yeah. But he's Stallone, the, as an actor, is basically saving the scene by you know through his performance. You know what? One scene we never talked about in the Rocky Balboa episode is the scene... The moment where uh, the, we talked about the people in the bar who are harassing him, but we never talked about him where Marie's like, it's all right, just leave it. He's like, no, Marie, it's oh, not all right. Oh, in the, the van? And he goes over and he, he kind of grabs the guy and he kind of forces him to apologize. And you just see a glimpse of... The Rocky from Rocky One, who was the collector, yeah. who's like, oh, there's a real like violence underneath, and we hadn't seen it at all since Rocky One, and uh, I regret not remembering to bring it up because that's a moment 
where it's like, wow, there's Rocky. You know, the, the scene where he chases the guy. Yeah, he yeah. chases the guy down on the dock with a stick and chases him down. Uh, wow, it's like he's there. He's still there, and that's a scene that always impresses me. I mean, it's just a quick little moment where he basically threatens a guy. It's it's you know, but you think of Rocky as this kind of like lovable, jovial guy, and to see Stallone recapture that dark side of Rocky that's been under there the whole time and be years, willing to bring yeah. it back out and depict it. Uh, stuff like that in Rocky Balboa puts it over the top but for me. But he is great in Fist also. Yeah. And also, you know, Fist is a movie that takes place over the number of years, what, 20, 30 years, yep. however long it's supposed to take place over. And uh, you see the difference in performance. I think Stallone playing the older Kovacs, he really does play the age relatively believably. I mean, the makeup is, you know, you can argue it's whether okay. or not the makeup's, yeah, it's yeah. okay. They just kind of put some gray in his hair. Yeah. He's still the most, like, physically fit 55-year-old <laughs> man ever. They have to comment on it, right? Don't they say, like, wow, you're really looking thin. Well, if you look at Rocky Balboa, though, I mean, it, it stands to reason Stallone would be in great shape in his well, 50s, you, right? Yes, but his his uh, physical stature in Rocky Balboa, I, when he's actually that age, is totally different than yes. the slender, know. you know, fist. In Rocky Balboa, he's a pretty, you know, thickly built guy. Yeah. They could have put a little bit of padding on Stallone and Fist. That's all I'm saying. Put a pillow up there. Put a pillow up there. Yeah, just a little bit. All right. Uh, Okay, should we move on to non-Stallone performance? Yeah, that's That's fair. That's what we're talking about. So you still still want to go end with the positive? Yeah, let's end with the positive. All right, what's your worst first? I already kind of touched on it, but it's it's the guy who's leading the boxing commission in Rocky Balboa. That's who you get. The guy's barely in the movie. He's got like six lines. He's the worst actor I, I saw this season. Oh. Better for me to pick on a non-actor than to pick on a real actor who is, makes their living acting and, you know, insult them. Well, great. You're gonna, this guy doesn't act for a living. You're so. going to insult me, and I'm going to lead this off by saying this is an actor that I truly do enjoy. Okay. But I said it on the episode, and I can't back off because it was bad. I'm sorry, Jeffrey Wright. I think you're an amazing actor, but yeah. your turn is... Not Ron Jaworski, just Jaworski in ICU. You made some choices, and that's how you tried to defend the performance. You said, he's making choices, and he did. I do not think they were good choices. That has got to be one Jeffrey White just wants to throw out and pretend that he never gave. I'm sure it's not a highlight of his uh, filmography, that's for sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we don't need to rehash that conversation, but my opinion has not changed. I at least appreciate that he's bringing something to that horrible movie. He's bringing something, but I just can't get behind what he's bringing. <laughs> I think this, this cuts to the heart of our disagreement about Nicolas Cage. Is I, I respect people who take risks in general. We were talking about Spike Lee before we started recording, and just like, you know what, I don't always like his movies, but I respect the fact that he's taking risks. And you know, the Five Bloods, there were some decisions made where it's like, well, I don't think that was a good decision, but I respect it. It's like, he's willing to risk it. He's willing to just do a thing that nobody else would ever do. And I think Jeffrey Wright is similar... And Nicolas Cage is similar. It's like, I would rather have an actor push boundaries and take a huge risk and fall flat on their face, which I agree Jeffrey Wright does. I don't think that the, the character works, you know, because ultimately that's what an actor's supposed to do is convince us that this is a real person that has a real internal emotional life. Does not do that in ICU, and I totally understand where you're coming from. But you know what? He took the risk, and I, right. I, I will give him respect for that. All that's right. That's all. As opposed to the non-actor in Rocky Balboa who... Is just reading. It sounds like he's reading them off cue cards. What right do you think you mean? How about the best non? Okay, best non-Stallone performance. I'm also. It's a, it's another Rocky movie, so maybe you should start. 
I'm, right. I, I, I did lean on the Rocky movies I, a little bit too much. I, I, I was torn, and this, I'm going to say my choice was because I was trying to spread, spread it out a little bit. I really wanted to go... Um, I wanted to. I wanted to go in Rocky Balboa. Uh, Bert, um, Bert Young. Bert Young. I actually think he's given a, a great performance in that movie. I agree. Uh, but I, I wanted to spread things out, so I spread it out. So that that probably one A and one B, and really Bert Young is probably the best non-Stallone performance in the season. But in the interest of trying to be a little more democratic, I went with Cobra. I went with Rennie. Santoni wow. Gonzalez slash Poppy. <laughs> wow. He's barely in the movie, but every scene that he had, including when he gets shot in the way that he <laughs> reacts, he, he made me, he was not in the movie a lot, but he always brought the, whatever laughs there were in that, you know, Charles Bronson movie. Yes. He brought him, and I really enjoyed what he was doing. And, you know, my criticism of you for the guy's barely in the movie, and you said he had six lines. I don't know if he actually even has six lines in Cobra, so I should not have oh, criticized he, you. He's in at least six or seven scenes. He's, he's got two of, or three lines each scene. He's got a lot of more scenes, you're right, but I don't think he has a ton of dialogue in the movie. That all said, he, he gave a performance that it stuck out. Of when I was going through these, I'm like, you know what? Poppy still sticks out of my mind. I really enjoyed that performance. I mean, yeah, he, he does a lot with the limited amount of, of screen time given. Because certainly, you know, there's there's uh, a lot of cop movies where it's a, it's two guys who are partners. Yeah. You know, the Lethal Tango Weapon. Cash. Yeah, Tango on Cash, Lethal Weapon, that kind of a formula. Those two guys are not on equal footing. The movie's called <laughs> Cobra, not Cobra and Poppy. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that he is basically a sidekick and he does the most with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I didn't really... I don't remember really praising him when we talked about that movie. I was but the one who was kind of pushing because he made yeah. he, in almost every scene he made me laugh. I think I probably didn't appreciate him enough, that actor, because yeah, I agree that he is a, he is a highlight of Cobra, a movie that I remembered liking when I was younger and didn't really. I didn't think it held up pretty well. That's even before recent events. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I he deserves the praise because yeah, he is definitely leavening that movie. God, and you're gonna go Rocky Five? Who are you? Going I'm not to? going. Oh, I am going Rocky Five. Sorry, yeah. yes. Uh, I'm going Talia Shire in Rocky Five. Oh, I I do remember you really praising her in Rocky Five. It's her last appearance in the Rocky franchise. I was very cruel to her earlier in the series in Rocky Three. I was very critical of her performance, so I want to make sure that she gets proper credits. I mean, I I did it on the episode, but I want to do it again here because I think she's great in, in that movie. I think that movie in particular gives her a showcase to show what she can do. She's obviously an essential part of the Rocky story to the point where her character is central in Rocky Balboa even after she's passed away. So, yeah, uh, last opportunity to praise Talia Shire. I don't think she's in any other Stallone movies. Although Unless maybe, we do The Godfather as sure. a bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. She's good in Godfather. Oh, I, I said that on the episode. She's good in Godfather 3. Because I said she was in two movies in 1990, Rocky Five and Godfather Three. Everyone hated both movies, and she's great in both of them. I think I said this at the time. Everybody hated those movies with good cause, but whatever. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Listen back to that episode, I guess. We talked about it then, but I don't hate either movie. All right. You want to move on to uh, best and worst silly character name? Yes. Let's do that. All right. I'll, I'll lead off. Uh, you like ending on the positive, so worst. This was easy for me because it's the one that jumped out in my mind. Yeah. How much I hated hearing Z. I knew you were going to go with Z, yes. Oh, just so dumb. It was it was borderline for me, but the only reason why I didn't go with it... Because I think the, the most galling thing about Z in Ants is everybody, every other character has a name. <laughs> no. Why is Z just Z? 
I think it's because they wanted to end the the title with a yes, Z. And Z. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was dumb. Yeah, maybe I want to change my mind because uh, Z is real bad, and the fact that ants is ants. No, but I'm I'm interested in who you came on because I I figured you would not choose this because you wanted to have something you you had to know what I was going to pick. I, I, I suspected you would yeah, go. Z. So I figured you would try and pick something else to to broaden the horizon. Well, I'm I'm going to I'm choosing a name that I have grown accustomed to, but I definitely remember having a very strong negative reaction when I'm, when I first heard this name. <laughs> And it's going to be my one negative category for the Rocky franchise. It, my pick is Mason the Line Dixon. Oh. <laughs> it is a very bad name. Let me and we've, ju- it's just that we've gotten used to it. Mason the Line Dixon. Can I? Don't say- tell me that you've got it as your best. Oh, you do. Heaven is my best. Oh boy! Silly name of Mason the Line Dixon. No one has ever been called Mason Dixon. <laughs> who? Who? Parents who have the last name Dixon. Did they not know? You know, like who would name their kid Mason Dixon? I can I can buy Tommy Gunn because Tommy at both Tommy and Gunn, or you know, you might think you know some people with last name Gunn. It's like well Thomas or you know maybe they don't maybe it didn't occur to them or maybe they thought it would be cool. I don't know. Like yeah, whatever. You can see some parents being like yeah Tommy Gunn like <laughs> tee hee. <laughs> but who would name their kid Mason Dixon? I, I think the reason I have it as my best is because it's so absurd. And and the it, there is a certain yeah, there's a certain uh, I mean it, it is a silly me. name. It grew on me as I think the problem like the more we talked about Rocky Balboa and the more that I, having this time through cuz when we saw it in theaters again, I had not I'd seen Rocky and that was pretty much it. I'd seen the Rocky movies but didn't have the love and certainly didn't see them as many times as you. So seeing another Rocky movie, I'm like, "Ah, whatever. You wanted to go to the movies, I'll go." Yeah. But now I haven't watched them all in order and haven't grown on me the Spider Rico connect. Something about the more we talked about it, Mason the Line Dixon just grew on me. <laughs> I, I have at least been able to stop rolling my eyes about it, but... But it's still I, the worst. I, I'm picking it as my least favorite silly name. And, well, first of all, because that is... you know we, we created this category because of the fact that Stallone, when he writes screenplays... His character characters tend to have very silly names, and this was basically the one I was thinking of when, when we came first up with yeah, I said let's do this as a category. It's because I knew that Sylvester Stallone once invented a character called Mason the Line Dixon, <laughs> and I just I have to admit that how terrible it is. It, it doesn't make sense of having the line in the middle. <laughs> right. that's, that's the line actually- is implied. <laughs> His name is Mason Dixon. All right, what's your what's your your favorite? <laughs> Um, so my favorite silly name, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily silly, but it was my favorite character name. All right, that's fine. And it is from Daylight, your favorite movie, Roy Nord. Uh, Let's hear it for Roy Nord. I should have known 100%. (laughs) You couldn't stop gushing about that character and name. I love that name. I think I don't have as much of a love affair with the name. The character, I do want an entire Netflix series on the adventures of Roy Nord. Yeah, and if, if if it wasn't for the fact that I wanted to give Talia Shire props f- for her performance in the Rocky series, you would have. I would have given <laughs> it to Viggo Mortensen for Roy Nord because I love him in that movie. <laughs> so, that, you know, this is you know this is Talia Shire's getting you know this is like Lifetime the Oscars the Oscars giving the Departed the the, the, the Oscar for the Departed. <laughs> I'm giving Talia Shire her her win here, whereas Viggo Mortensen maybe deserved it more. I, I love him in that movie. I and I can't I can't begrudge you. It is a silly name and it is pretty fun. Because it, it it does not if if you ask somebody all right I'm going to give you a character name and I want you to sketch out what you think 
based on the name, <laughs> sure. this character is. There is no way that the character that aligns with Roy Nord right. is the character that is in the movie Daylight. Billionaire, rock on tour, uh, owner of an extreme sports brand. Yeah. <laughs> Who buys multiple Super Bowl ads? <laughs> right. Well, he's got to take the risk. He's got to go big. Yeah. Now, if the if the category was favorite character, oh, I don't think it. I, I I am not sure there would have been a character not just this season, but in the entire Stallone catalog that we've done that was more fun than Roy Nord for yeah. me. It's a colorful character for sure. So, in a way that it's probably works against the movie. We talked about it on that episode. How he's probably supposed we're not supposed to like that character, but Viggo Mortensen <laughs> is just going for it so much. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to watch Daylight again. You know what? I, I was the kind of middle of the road, <laughs> but you know, that movie might be good. All right. Let's. Uh, you want to move on to song? Yeah. I sure. know how much you like this category, but I, I've got three again in each category. I'm not gonna. I think we played them last time. I'm not gonna play them this time. I'm this. I always have only one, and that's all I have. So. I just can't help myself. I, I have a lot of opinions about music, so that, that's fair. This is more the keen category, so this don't, is my. Uh, this is my. Don't category. begrudge me when I only have one. Well, I have. Let's, let's start with the worst again. Yeah, this was easy for me. Okay, let me do my three, and then you can do yours. All right. My third least favorite song in the series is from Ants, and it was that farty version of Guantanamera when they danced to. Yes. I, I do remember it. It's not really a song. It's score, so I was a little bit of a cheat. I did, That's you know, fair. This isn't music. This is a song, but whatever. I, I hated it so much. Uh, my second least favorite is from Rambo 3. It's, he ain't heavy, he's my brother, by Bill Medley. Rambo was always a good target for this category. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, this is the last terrible yeah. Rambo be- uh, medley. Not a medley, a uh, uh, ballad. And then uh, the, my least favorite song, which is, I don't even know if we brought it up on this episode. I, I definitely had a note about it, but I think we kind of ran out of time. The end song from Avenging Angelo, which is called Every Time I Look in Your Eyes. It is a terrible, <laughs> another really God, sappy ballad. You really hate Avenging Angelo. I really do. I really do. Wait until we get to the end of the Stallone run and we're ranking every Stallone movie. Oh, it's going to be a real tight race between that and Ratchet and Clank <laughs> for the worst. I, I'm not sure how it can be that close because you went completely off on your own and created a new Rocky opponent I for was going Ratchet to, and Clank. I was going to do that for Avenging Angelo and you talked me out of it. So All right, they're, so they're in a similar category for me. I knew you were not going to agree with me on my worst song. I don't care. I loathe this. I think it's Dumb. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I was just about to predict oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not surprised you picked that. Rocky it's, ni- five. It's, it's in neither my worst or best. I'm just, I'm pretty neutral to go for it. It's so much of its time, and it is not good. Yeah, but Eye of the Tiger is also of its time. I don't think it's necessarily time, a bad thing. But thing. Eye of the Tiger is still, like, that's, that still, like, pumps you up. Go for it does not pump yeah. anybody up. Oh, I, go for it has definitely not stood the test of time in the same way that the Eye of the Tiger has. I can't deny that. But Go For It pumps me up. Both of the songs in Rocky Five, I, I find I find they adequately pump me up. Not to the degree of Go of of uh, Eye of the Tiger, not to the degree of uh, Hearts on Fire from Rocky Four. Uh, Rocky Four, th- that those songs pump me up more than anything. But I think Go for it. it it's good enough. It, it gets the job done, in my opinion. And then the, the Keep It Up is, is the second song. I think that one's just as much of a. Pump I knew up song. I knew you wouldn't agree with me, but that's okay. I, it's a terrible period of music, like nineteen ninety is maybe the absolute bottom of American music, like popular music. That is the 
trough of of uh, creativity. Like that's the era of MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. Parachute pants. Yeah, I mean it really is, and like Winger. You know, like it, it is the bottom of the mu- pop music barrel. Yeah, because so by those standards, go for it is not so bad. Yeah, because it's what a year or two when you know grunge and Nirvana yeah. really explodes. Nirvana and, hits in ninety one, like late yeah, 91. 91. Yeah, okay. You, you're you're right. It is it is probably bottom of the barrel. Sorry, go for it is my worst. I, let me. I'll, I get it. I, I get it. Let, well, I'll give you my best, and then you can end with your your top three is probably the best way to go. Okay. I, you're probably going to roll your eyes at this too, but it's more for that it, it brought a great smile to my face. High hopes in Rocky Balboa was my favorite oh, sure. song. Yeah, <laughs> such a perfect choice. I love Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, so we've had that song twice in our uh, yeah in our, the season. Yeah, and I, I used it both times to end the podcast. So uh, I've heard that song quite a bit. The st- I, I I think I prefer the uh, who did the original? Oh boy. Doris Day? Is that what I think was? so, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've heard, I used both versions, so I had to listen to both. So I, I think I prefer that to Frank's, but... Uh, All right, yeah. so what are your top three? You know, Frank calls the shots for those guys. You yes. Know? <laughs> yes, <he does. laughs> You know what that book should be called? Yes, I can if Frank Sinatra says so. Anyway. Uh, uh, Phil Hartman. Uh, no, that's from Spinal Tap. What are you thinking? Oh, of? yeah. I'm, uh, you know what I'm... Th- you're right, it is. Uh, Bruno Kirby. Bruno Kirby, yes. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> Gonna be my head. Thank you. Was have, you never, Night Live? have you never seen the Saturday Night Live sketch where it's a Sinatra hosted? It's like the McLaughlin Group. Oh and yeah, got, yeah. There, and there's actually some stuff that doesn't hold up well. I hope people don't hold it like you know, hold Phil Hartman accountable for you know things that were done 15 you, you years. Judge ago, it by the ago. time it was made. Uh, but no, I yeah, don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, uh, you've got. Uh, Chris Rock is Luther uh, oh, uh, from Two Like Crew. Um, oh, what's his last name? Luther. Um, yeah, yeah. It'll come to me. Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Uh, I, Billy Idol, I think, is himself. And then Frank's got his two like hangers on. You know, for, I don't. I don't remember who they were, but it's basically like the Glockham Group. And I'm telling you, Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman was great at so many things. His Sinatra was outstanding. Yeah, I vaguely remember the sketch now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're you are right. I I can't believe I missed a Spinal Tap reference. I am. Well, I'm it was a pretty it was a pretty obscure reference. I just I I, I watched it recently. I'm now That's envisioning <laughs> the window going up. Yeah. That movie is still great. I watched it for the first time last week, last month, I don't know, recently. There's a for the first I'd time like to in like do a commentary, a bonus episode on. I might not be. That able might to make be an idea. Because uh, every time I put in the DVD prior to a couple weeks ago, I would just habitually put on the commentary track because it's so funny. It's it's, <laughs> it's then like in character. Whole, yes, it's an entirely it's, separate movie. It's almost as funny. It's amazing. Yeah, and so I, I always put I it always on. remember the. I'm sorry, but I always remember the beginning of that commentary. I, I I thought he was in the navy. He he looks admiralish. <laughs> yes, such a great word. Yeah, admiralish. Well, they're describing they're they're sitting in front of the mansion or whatever. I I think that's supposed to be Nigel's house or whatever. It's like when did you buy that house, Nigel? Oh, it was. Uh, or, you know where was that house? Oh, it was in this street called a sack. A street called the sack, <laughs> named after the Marquis de Sac. Yeah, I, I it's like it. That is what, what I point to is like, why would you own DVDs? I'm said, here's the reason why it doesn't happen often, but there are many commentaries that were gold, yeah. and that is the gold standard of gold of commentaries because you get an entirely separate movie, yeah. listening to the 
commentary track of them in character. It's a testament to how good those guys are in improvising because they improvised a whole commentary and it is so funny. They improvise over the 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 menu. Yes, <laughs> it's like space without the stars. Oh, that's beautiful. It's poetry. Anyway, let me list my fa- my favorite songs. That's what we're supposed to be doing right now. Uh, so my third favorite, and this was a shock even to me, because I was going through all the songs, and I'm like, you know, I was kind of ranking them, and I'm shocked this made the cut, but I find this song very catchy, and it's the song Game Over from the ending of Spy Kids 3 what? Game Over by Alexa Vega, who played, oh. uh, whatever, the girl. It's a catchy song. Carmen, I think, is the character's name. Okay. I don't, it was so long ago now. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a little too, it's a little auto-tuned in a way that is maybe not the best, but Isn't otherwise... everything I, these days? Well, but these days they're a lot better about hiding it. You know, it's not like that Cher song from 20 years ago where it's like, you know, that, back when Spy Kids 3 came out, it was so obvious when they auto-tuned. Now they can sneakily do <laughs> can it. Can you tell me that Cher song again? It goes, blah, blah. That's, that's, that's my impression. If you, do you believe song? in life after love? Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> I was abstracting it a little bit. Yes, I will admit. <laughs> Fair enough. What's number two? Um, my number two is from from uh, Cobra, and it's Angel of the City, which is the, Ooh, d- during the montage where they're kind of detectiving and uh, man, I don't and, remember that and one. just kind of talking to like gathering evidence. I, rem- I do remember that. Yeah. It's by Robert Tepper, who did No Easy Way Out from Rocky IV. So I think that's maybe okay. why I have an attachment to that voice. It's like, oh, it reminds me of another song that I like. So maybe that's why. And then my favorite song is also from Cobra. So testament to the Cobra soundtrack. It's very 80s, but I think generally pretty good. And it's the end credits music by John Cafferty, Voice of America's Sons, which is the one we use. Uh, I don't have my soundboard up. Uh, we're not set up to do that right now, but uh, it's... You want to talk? We'll talk. Oh, it's yeah. the music under that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think you. it's a good song. It's like kind of a upbeat. It's sort of a, a kind of a um, Bruce Springsteen esque, or maybe like a John Mellencamp yeah. kind of a style. I, mean, I don't know music that well, but yeah, I I get the vibe you talk. Yeah, I, I like the song. I think it's a really good song. So that's my favorite song from this past season. All right. So then I think it's on to best kill, best and worst kill of the season. Yeah, uh, I know what my worst is. I, I actually had a pretty easy time on this one, too. I don't think we're going to agree. I, oh, okay. I have, Mine was can, easy also. Can, can I do the prediction machine? Sure, go ahead. I'm going to guess it was from ICU. Incorrect. Ooh. Avenging Angelo? It was Avenging Angelo. Oh, so was mine. Which one's yours? <laughs> Madeline Stowe marries an old man to death? Oh, no. I have <laughs> oh. I have Angelo, actually, in Avenging Angelo. It was really lame. That oh, was not try the right. clams or whatever? Yeah, for Anthony Quinn, I just wasn't a good way for him to go out. Well, I agree there, but it's 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 biggest sin is it's just perfunctory. Yeah, it's it's a thing that has to happen in order for the thing in the movie. Someone has to avenge Angelo for that to occur. I guess Angelo I, has to be killed. Here's him being killed in a very perfunctory way. I I, I want to hit on a mob boss to be a lot more a lot more interesting than that. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, in particular, it's just so it's it's not dramatic at all because he's being killed in a public place in this restaurant and no one is reacting. There's no real no. drama to it. It's just like, boom, you're dead. I'm going to walk away. No, now. he walks away and he, he even walks, or a cop walks past him and he just puts his hand behind his back with yeah. a pistol. <laughs> right. Yeah, does he say something to her? Like, oh, nice day, officer. Yeah, basically, yes. Uh, I can understand your being, I think it's actually bonered to death, but yes, whatever. I think that's how we described it. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess this this speaks to the different ways you can approach worst kill. 
you approached it in like this is the most boring and uninteresting kill. Whereas yes. I, I, I mean, being bonered to death is not uninteresting. It's at least you know it's remarkable. Maybe not a bad way to go. <laughs> sure, yeah. But it was just so um, just having an old man give a, a litany of boner jokes before he dies. <laughs> I just don't need that. The baloney, the baloney pony. pony. Yes, of course. That was the worst one of them all. <laughs> I mean, I guess to a degree, it's memorable. So I wanted to pick something memorable. Well, anyway. certainly the best kill is memorable. It probably to, this was the easiest of anything I've probably ever done for any of these lists. Okay, interesting. And, and it'll probably be the, the 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 best, not only Stallone, but the best of anyone that we ever do. Really? Yes. This beats the uh, explosive arrow in uh, Rambo two. Uh, well, it matches it because it's an explosive arrow in Rambo 3. That- <laughs> Is it the helicopter? Yes, it's the helicopter! You're reacting more to the pilot's reaction I than to the kill care. itself? He downs a helicopter with a bow and arrow. Yeah, he does. A helicopter! <laughs> yes. How you're, which, you- what you're saying is factually correct, yes. <laughs> there, you cannot top that. What makes it even more memorable is, yes, that guy's reaction, that that guy already knows he's toast, makes it the greatest kill probably in any movie we'll ever do. Yeah, it's even better than Let Off Some Steam Bennett. I mean, it's in the same stratosphere as Let Off Some Steam Bennett. Mm, I think there's one layer removed, which like in in terms of. Hey, we've seen this explosive arrow before in the previous movie and also earlier. And it was amazing in that one. Yeah, and I think that one beats out this helicopter for me because in my mind, obviously this is a thing that doesn't exist, so I'm going I'm to say a thing that's silly just because I know this isn't real, but in the world of Rambo, these arrows were designed to take down vehicles. You fire an arrow at it and it blows up. You know, We see it blowing up trucks in Rambo 2. But it's absurd. It's absurd, but... It's not presented as absurd in the reality of that world. Okay. So in in this case, as absurd as it is, he is using that arrow in the correct fashion. He's, it's like an anti-artillery. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's designed to take he, down vehicles, and that's how he's using it. a helicopter, and yes, the guy an piloting, piloting the helicopter already knew he was dead. Yeah, he reacts he, as if he knows. He knows who John Rampo is. I, I guess I can just accept that uh, the word had got out about these explosive arrows. Right. You know, the, the Vietnamese government probably put out the word to all allies, including the Soviet Union. <laughs> Be on the lookout. The Americans have developed explosive arrow technology. If you see an American with an arrow, you should react accordingly. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you give me your best skill? I'm standing by mine. Well, you picked one that's more fun. I, I, I am going to admit a certain amount of... of not guilt, but trepidation, because I understand that the fourth Rambo movie is a totally different type of a tone. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Go ahead. I but can... if you take this out of its context, which, you know, the movie is not presenting violence as a, you know, flippant thing. I mean, it, the Rambo 3 kill is fun in yeah, any context. it's a cartoon. It's silly, yes. yes. Rambo, the fourth Rambo is less silly, but Rambo getting on that gun and just obliterating the dude in the front seat, turning him into mist... <laughs> Even through it, that moment pushes through the tone of Rambo 4. It goes kind of. It breaks out, and it's like, violence is bad, but check this out. You know what I mean? Like, it's still kind of. I feel bad because I'm laughing, but you're right, because the guy does. He just evaporates. Yeah. 
it, it, it still pushes through to being like, oh, that's awesome. Even though you know you're not supposed to be kind of feeling that way. It, it is. I don't begrudge you that pick. It's the only one. I mean, you, you could argue Rambo killing the guys with the arrows. He kills a guy with an arrow and he falls on a landmine and explodes. Like, that's that's approaching the it's close. Rambo 3 thing. Um, but like all the other stuff in Rambo in the fourth one, it's way too. Grim. It's yeah, ripping out the dude's throat and yeah, like, ooh, no, it's no. it's like too gross. Yeah, no. That one, the one guy in the truck, getting <laughs> get, 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 just evaporating before our eyes. <laughs> I am not gonna begrudge you that pick. Yeah, I, that, it's I, the only one that I, I feel had, comfortable picking right, from that I, movie. I just I avoided Rambo <laughs> entirely yeah. for the tone. I almost didn't do it. I like I said, I, I needed to give that preamble to, to explain fair. that I understand that this maybe is a little uncomfortable, but I couldn't help it. I just it's pretty cool. Despite everything, <laughs> it's also pretty cool. It is. And not surprising when you look when you go down the list of movies that we did Really, the two Rambo's and Cobra were the only one that was real. I mean, I guess yeah. there could have been something in ICU, but there, it was going to be slim pickings. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get to the body count in a second. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Those are the three. All right. So, all right, here we go. Best movie. We do a top three and bottom three, best yeah. and worst. Let's definitely start with bottom three. All right. You want to go first? You want to go back and forth since you did th- right, three for fine. each? Yeah, that's fine. So my third, my least third least favorite was Spy Kids Three Game Over. It almost didn't make my list because I didn't mind it so much, but it's my third least favorite. I 100% agree. Spy Kids 3D Game Over oh. was my third least favorite movie of the season. So I guess that makes sense because I think I'm less down on this season's set of movies in general. And so even though I didn't totally hate Spy Kids 3D, that's my third worst. So I mean, yeah. most of the middle of, of this season, the, 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 the well, also, I'm curious to see if Daylight is on your list, but for me... It just missed. It did? Okay. Yeah. But like for me, from daylight up, it's like, I, they're enjoyable enough. For the like, most part. Yeah. Yep. I would and even Spy Kids 3, I didn't think was that terrible. Okay. So uh, what's your number two? You're going to disagree with this one. Uh-oh. Avenging Angelo is my second least favorite or second worst. I don't disagree that it should be on your list. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I disagree with the placement, sure. I'm going to guess we have just flip-flopped uh, number Probably, one number yes, because my number two is ICU. Yeah, and that's my number one because yeah. that movie is absolute trash. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to defend it. I wouldn't call it absolute trash. It's largely trash. <laughs> it is mostly trash. Uh, a couple... I think... It has a good cast. It, it has, has a, good production values. It It's not the worst thing ever, in my opinion. The only thing it has going for it that I somewhat feel bad of putting it ahead in terms of worst of Avenging Angelo, for our podcast, it did have a Zeus of the movie, and for that, I do appreciate that. I do like Charles Dutton as an actor, but man, there was no point in him in that movie whatsoever. Yeah. Well, he's got to go fishing and burn down his cabin and <laughs> talk to Rance Howard. You know, they were busy driving around in the snow for 90 minutes. And so, but those two, however you rank them, the, I mean, those are really, they're not good. I, I enjoyed Avenging Angelo more than you. I think mostly because of, my my own personal connecting it to Last Action Hero yeah. with Anthony Quinn. If but, Anthony Quinn had been in the movie more, maybe I would have brought it up because he's dead too quick. It, it might have. Those are those are going to be in the right running with Schwarzenegger's worst, and mm-hmm. certainly at the bottom of the barrel for Stallone. Totally agree. I mean, there's no point in quibbling over which one we've got one and two. We agree that both of those movies are terrible. Yes. All right. How about the how about the good? Let's let's talk about the good. Okay. I'll start with my number three, and this was really the only place that I found to praise this movie, but I'm glad you found a place, and that's Fist. Okay. I thought Fist was really good. It's, you know... 
I have it on my list. I have a little bit higher. Actually. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 we kind of covered it, but um, just nice to see Stallone from that period of his career having a really juicy part to play and yeah. and rising to the challenge. So. Yeah, All right. It's a good movie. So mine, uh, you're probably going to criticize me. This is the first time we're going to be discussing this movie. My third best movie of the season was Shade, actually. I I, uh, I enjoyed that movie. I liked the diversion that it was, you know, like a, uh, a grifter movie in a Stallone podcast. I liked his performance. To be honest, you want to talk about a good cast and everybody giving good performances. Yeah. That's an example of a strong cast and people are giving good performances in. I agree. I, I have no criticism with that. I, it's probably like fourth or fifth for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed Shade also. My only complaint about Shade was that it wasn't enough of a poker movie, and that's my expectation. It's not it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. I wanted it to be something that it wasn't, and you know, well, I, too, well, too I, bad. You know, it, it's yeah, exactly too bad. All right, how about number two? My, I'll just I'll lead off. Mine was Fist. Actually, it was my my second okay. second best movie of the season. I thought both from the performance, the the uh, the kind of historical perspective, um, you know, I. In many ways, I think it was a better movie about Jimmy Hoffa, even though it wasn't technically Jimmy Hoffa sure. than Hoffa. So I, I, I really enjoyed Fist. I mean, it ends with a bumper sticker on a truck saying, well, Where, where's, where's Johnny, Johnny Kovacs? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could not be more clear. That was just to avoid lawsuits, I think, is Pretty really much. the only thing. I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I don't know if I can predict what your number two well, is. Well, I'm sure you're going to disagree with this. And, you know, we talked about it on the episode, and I can understand leaving this off your list, I assume, because it is a tough watch, but I also think it is effective at what it does, and oh. that's Rambo. Yeah, I, I had a hard time because I... It's a tough watch. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's, I, it's not a, a, a fun popcorn munching action movie. It's no. not one of those. But yeah, and I think it's still very good. To, and probably to your point, it, it's effective in making its point. Yeah. So I do have to give that. I just... Well, it's, effect, it's also effective at updating the Rambo character you know, and putting him in a context that you know makes him more interesting yeah. puts him in like a morally gray place this character who previously was very very moral black and the white force of freedom yeah exactly that's what I think is most interesting is, is the character of Rambo where he is in his life the, the scenario that the movie puts him in and it is not as I mean it's black and white morally in terms of like the situation in Burma but it's not He's not the figure of, yeah, you know, force of freedom. He's not that anymore. I just like the way that movie updates the character yeah, and what it does with it. That's fair. And I think uh, it's probably pretty obvious what number one for the season is for both of us. Uh, easily the best movie of this season, and probably will be near the top. Yeah, uh, for the entire Stallone catalog, Rocky Balboa for me. Yep, Rocky Balboa for me also. Um, I did say it slipped a tiny bit in my Rocky rankings, but actually probably not. Because I was thinking, like, what would go above it? What, you know, because I, even though I was a little bit critical of certain scenes saying, oh, you know, these don't feel like they've held up for me as much. By and large, that, mo that movie is fantastic. Uh, I was, I was being nitpicky, but yeah, it's the best movie of, I think, pretty much by a pretty wide margin. I mean, I, I well, would say the gap. Season? Yeah. Yeah, it's not even close. The gap for me between the fourth Rambo and Rocky Balboa. Oh, and for me, Fist and Rocky Balboa. Right. Yeah, it's. I mean, I had to make excuses for Rambo to explain why it was my. I don't. We don't have to make excuses for for Rocky Balboa. No, nope, not it's, at it's, all. It is. Yeah, it just the fact that it recaptures the feeling of the first movie so effectively. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, so we got some statistics we got to get done here. Yeah, we do. So let's move on to the body count. Uh, you know, and again, given that the most recent action movie we covered was Rambo, you know, I think you've said in the past, there's there's sometimes a little discomfort in this, but you know, we'll 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 cover it in a fun way as much as we can. So as of now, we've watched 40 Sylvester Stallone movies. Uh, worth noting, we've only we only covered 38 Schwarzenegger movies, so we're only three quarters of the way through Stallone, and we've already covered more Stallone movies than Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, uh, some days when I'm working on this, I curse you. <laughs> I curse myself also for liking. I underestimated. So I underestimated the the uh, how much of a marathon this would be. <laughs> but uh, you know we're, we're and it's not over because he keeps making movies. Yeah, well, that's the thing is. So we were doing season, seasons of 12 movies each i think last i checked we have 15 movies left so this last season is going to be extra long we really need to get to work all right let's let's get the let's get the stats yeah we'll worry about that soon but anyway so uh let me pull up the spreadsheet arnold schwarzenegger had an average body count of 14.39 that was 547 total uh so let's run through the movies we covered this season so rambo 3 was first Stallone had a body count of 68, or 121 total in the movie. Spy Kids 3 was a double goose egg. No one's getting killed in a kid's movie. Correct. Fist, uh, Stallone had one in the body count. Yes. Six overall. Off screen, but yes. Uh, You see him scuffling, but yeah. Yeah. It's like his CD passed or whatever. ICU, Stallone had a body count of one, 13 total. I believe 12 of those were the villain, and then Stallone dropping him on a thresher. Cobra... Stallone had a body count of 39, total of 52. Very that's, high percentage yes, in that's, that vigilante way. Other than Rambo 2, that might be the highest percentage. Actually, let's do a quick... Let's let's excel it up real quick, and I'm, I'm curious to see if that oh, is Rambo the highest yeah. percentage. No, Rambo 2 is higher. Okay, in Rambo 2, he had, an 80, he had 84% of the bodies. <laughs> Four. And in Cobra, he had 75%. So yeah, so Rambo 2, in terms of percentage... But I don't think because uh, what uh, Cobra was or not Cobra Commando Arnold had ninety nine out of one hundred six. I do remember the, that. It's <laughs> amazing. So if my computer could pick up my wireless keyboard, that was ninety three percent. Approaching ninety four percent. Yeah, almost ninety four percent. So Rambo two eighty four percent high, but it's not Commando. Let's. I mean, let's just keep putting this out here. It's been a long time since we talked about Schwarzenegger, John Matrix is the personification of the Terminator. So you should realize that John Matrix is always going to have the highest in everything. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, if not for Matrix's team, because that's really the only... Those are the only other people who die. Or, like, at the beginning, yes. those, you know, like, oh... Uh, it's just Matrix. guy taking out the trash. <laughs> yeah. And then Matrix enters the movie and takes out the trash. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, moving on. Rocky Five, double goose egg there. Daylight, Stallone did not kill anybody in Daylight, because there's no villain, in my no, opinion. No, there's not. You can't kill a fireball. Uh, but 49 people died, by my count. Uh, that, was, that was a tough one, so that's an estimate. <laughs> you had to estimate based on cars that did not have people in them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how many people were in that car? It's, it's covered in char now, so I can't tell. Uh, Avenging Angelo, Stallone had a body count of 5, 7 overall, so actually that's 71%. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's a pretty high percentage. Uh, Stallone's ant did not kill any other ants in ants or did not kill any termites. He was not there. Total body count of 21. I don't remember if that includes termites or not. I don't think so. 
Uh, I do not remember. No, I, I think it was both, because the only scene that you get anything like that is you get Jane Curtin, Muffy. Yes, I'm sure she was on there. Yeah, and then it was... It was all the battle scenes. Yeah, and there really was only one. So. We don't cover the total number on the episodes usually, so we didn't really talk about... We did back in the Schwarzenegger days, but yeah, we haven't not, not, not in the Stallone days, so I have no idea if that number is even close to being accurate, but that's a less important number. Okay, Shade. Uh, Stallone had zero on the body count there. Ten total. Be Real is the most prominent that I can recall. <laughs> Rest in peace. Character played by Be Real. Uh, Rambo, the fourth one. Uh, Sloan had a body count of 67, which was lower than we were expecting. I certainly lower than I was expecting. Yeah, same here. I didn't, I now just looking at it, it's less than Rambo 2. It is. Yeah. Or, uh, more than Rambo 2, less than Rambo 3. Rambo 3 was 68. Oh, 3. That's, that's what I'm looking at. Sorry. 2 was 58. Yeah. 3 was 68, and Rambo 4 was 67. Total body count 181, which is definitely near the top. We'll get to the top 10s in a minute. Uh, and then Rocky Balboa, nothing except for, uh, Adrian, who, Died off screen years prior. So. I don't think anybody's going to ever top the Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of... Oh, I don't think so either. We can get it, to that. <laughs> that number is just impossible. It is very impossible. So let, let's let's do that next because I've got the, the new top tens for individual performers. Okay. And at the top of this list, number one is Michael Rooker in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 <laughs> with 149. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's, it's, yeah, it's, again, not clear if we should be considering him given the fact that we just happened to watch that movie since Stallone was in it and happened to be a movie where he and the arrow did all the work anyway. So but he had to whistle. He definitely had to whistle. He, it was his will carrying it out. So yes. clearly an intentional, you know, he was intentionally doing that. So 149 is the current single movie champion with Michael Rooker. Next is Sylvester Stallone and Expendables 2 with 109. Next is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Commando at 99. We've got a new number four, uh, which is... Uh, I put these in the wrong order. So at 68, Rambo 3. Stallone was John the, Rambo. Yeah, I, I, I put Rambo. I, I just wrote down the wrong things. Uh, and then next, 67, Rambo 4. Uh, then at number 6 is True Lies, Arnold and True Lies with 65. Then is Rambo 2, Stallone, 58. A lot of Rambo. Yeah, three out, three out of the uh, seven so far. Uh, and then next is Schwarzenegger in Total Recall with 46. Then we have a new number nine. It's Stallone and Cobra with 39. And then in 10 is Schwarzenegger and Eraser with 34. We've had three knocked off the top 10. Stallone and Expendables 3. Stallone in the first Expendables and Arnold in Raw Deal. Oh, wow. So as of now, Stallone, he, is, he appears on this top 10 five times. Schwarzenegger appears on this list four times. And Michael Rooker once. <laughs> So there's an individual performer's top 10. And then as far as movies go, top 10 body counts by movie, to- total body count. Number one is still The Expendables 2, 341. That bridge. That bridge had like 90 people on it. Yes. Even if you don't count the bridge, it, it's pretty close to number one. Because next is Expendables 3 with 240. So And those were one by one. Expendables 3 earned its keep. Yes, it did. There were no bridges exploding with 100 people on it. It was every single person was being shot one by one. Uh, next is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 201 total. Mostly Michael Rooker. Yeah, well, three quarters of it was Michael Rooker. 149 out of 201. Uh, number four, we have a new number four, and it's Rambo, comma, the fourth one. Total body count 181, so that's our new number four totals. Uh, number five is The Expendables with 162. 
And a new number six, Rambo three is new number is now number six at 121. Then Commando at 106. Then Total Recall at 88. Number nine is True Lies at 87. And number ten is Conan the Barbarian with 76. Knocked off the list, Rambo two and Red Sonia. I'm glad well, Red Sonia's off. We'll the list. never talk about Red Sonia again. It is off the the overall body count top ten. Calador. <laughs> uh, so yeah, th- that's our body counts. So that's that's the recap. I think unless there's yeah. anything else to discuss. No, that's the season. Should we run through what's left? We've got one more season of Stallone, and we've got the list of movies here of what you can expect once we're back. We'll, we'll be on a break for a little bit, but... What's left for now until he makes another movie, but yes. Well, he's got a movie coming out this year, apparently, although with COVID, who knows? You know, it's, it's hard to say. But that's on this list. So what we have left are the two Creed movies. Yep. We've got Capone from 1975, the, the one pre-Rocky period left over, since we didn't get to watch No Place to Hide. We've got Paradise Alley from his new Brando period. We've got Oscar from his comedies. We've got Cliffhanger, primetime action movies. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. I, I'm also looking forward to it. I have not seen it since the 90s. The last time I watched Cliffhanger was probably on a VHS. Yep, same here. We've got Get Carter from Diminishing Returns action movies. <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't remember if I've seen that or not. I think I have. I tried. To, I remember trying to watch a '70s movie and getting kind of bored, but that was years ago. I probably would be more open to. I don't think I've seen it. I'm not either, sure either one. I don't think I've seen the '70s version or Stallone's. I, saw, I tried to watch the '70s Get Carter in like, like 12, 15 years ago. I was probably in my late 20s, and so I, I, I feel like now I would be more willing to go with it because it was it's a it's a you know a British '70s crime movie. Those have a particular pace to them that is not doesn't feel particularly modern. Um, so yeah, we may, might be a thing to do as a bonus episode after we watch Get Carter. Could be. Watch the Michael Caine one. Uh, we have, we have Driven in the still making action movies category, which I don't, I know, I know nothing about other than it's a racing movie. I think Ron Howard might have directed that. I don't remember. I think it's Formula One racing. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we've got Judge Dredd in Silly Stallone. I'm looking forward to that one as well. The silliest of Stallones. We've got Reach Me in Serious Stallone. I don't think either of us know anything about that movie. That's same, that will be, if I pick that one, it'll be like Shade. I don't know anything about this movie. It's up for free because I, I knew nothing about the movie Shade. I know nothing about the movie Reach Me. Yeah. that's the, This whole series still in category was that except for Copland. Yeah. We didn't really know much about Lockup. We didn't know much about Shade. Uh, There's a, you know what? Now looking at that that category, that's been either known, good, or pleasant surprises so far. Lockup, I think, was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And Shade, at least for me, definitely was a pleasant surprise. Well, Serious Stallone is the category of mid to late Stallone you know, dramas. Except for Reach Me, which was 2014, so we'll see. Well, it's, I'm saying mid to late period Stallone. Because okay. we, we have our new Brando category, which is early Stallone dramas, and then Serious Stallone is kind of later... Cause yeah, I agree. Three, all three of these movies are good movies, so yeah. we can actually have some hope for Reach Me. All right, we're jinxing ourselves. I, yeah, I, no, I am sure. Uh, we've got Rambo: Last Blood, our last Rambo movie. Uh, Another escape plan. Yes, we've got Escape Plan: colon, The Extractors, <laughs> which supposedly is not as bad as Escape Plan Two. So uh, <laughs> the <laughs> algorithm's gonna get you. Yeah. Well, we, we we've gotten reports back from our listener Neil Studd, who uh, has said there are no algorithms in Escape Plan: <laughs> The Extractors. So neither of us have seen it yet. That'll, that'll be 
interesting, I'm sure. We had a fun time talking about Escape Plan 2. So at the very least, that either way, I'm sure we'll be fine. We've said this before. The movie either needs to be really good or really bad. We struggle when it's moderate, middle of the road. Yes. So Escape Plan 2 gave us plenty to talk about. It just was bad to watch. Yeah, and, and it's an action movie, so I'm hopeful at least we'll have some stuff to talk about. Uh, we've got Backtrace, which uh, is the Matthew Modine movie that came out a few years ago that uh, we had to add after we put together this list. It came out in 2018. That's what I have listed here. I think so, yeah. Uh, we have Grud Ma- Grudge Match, which was in our Rocky category originally, and then so, Creed 2 came out. Right, and so this got, it's taking us so long. Yeah, so Grudge Match kind of got orphaned into a non-category, so we'll have to cover it in our last season. We've got Samaritan, which comes out later this year. That's the one that comes out later this year. So, but possibly 2021. I think we'll be safe. <laughs> Even if it comes out in 2021, I think we'll still be doing this. So Probably. We've got another maybe year to go before we're done with Stallone. And then we've got another. We did Terminator Dark Fate in the middle of this season. We've got another possible Arnold movie that we may need to discuss. And that is. I've, yeah, I've seen. V2 Journey to China with him and Jackie Chan. We'll have to discuss whether or not we'll do a full episode, whether we'll do it at all. But it's it's out there. It's an Arnold movie that has come out. Uh, I think it came out around the time of Terminator Dark Fate. I, I, I'm not sure if it came out here at all. It, it came out in China for sure. Yeah, it feels like it was around the same time. It might have been a little bit later. Maybe it'll be like Killing Gunther, which is now up on Netflix, and will be on Netflix by the time we're making our decision. I hope it's not like Killing Gunther. <laughs> we, we didn't do a full episode on that, so I think maybe we'll just do a bonus episode on V2 Journeys to China. I don't know even how much Arnold's in that, but we have to be aware of it. Yeah. We, have to, we have to make a plan. If we're not going to do it, we should at least explain yeah, why. Yeah, and it's hard because if, if we think there aren't going to be any other Schwarzenegger installments, I think I'd like to end and have the last one be Dark Fate. Yeah, Just fair enough. Just thinking out loud right now, but, but we, we, need to, we need to think about it. Yeah, we'll think about it but it's on my list here just All as right. a thing we need to discuss. So anyway. So we haven't figured out what we're going to do next. Probably, as you said, a break. So we'll probably do some, maybe a commentary episode or something. Something. I don't know. We literally have not even, we don't have a single idea yet. <laughs> we haven't discussed We're it. really falling apart. I mean, we, we don't have any ideas for our next episode. I, th- I think I've checked the last couple of episodes and... <laughs> Your your witty write ups. You're like, ah, I don't want to do those anymore. I, I yeah, I don't have the energy for it. I was my, my plan was to go back and I was like, I just got to get this posted tonight. Tomorrow I'll write up the, the summary, and then I just never. In each case, I went like, I just I never came back. Uh, that is is due to me being busy at work. Yeah, that's which cool. will end at the end of June. We're recording this in mid June or mid to late June. It's uh, literally yeah, it's, 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 it's late June. Yeah, I guess I need to come to terms with the fact that it's late June now. I've got I've got quarter end coming up, and I'm in denial of how how close it is. Uh, so yeah, once July comes around, I will be way less busy at work, and I maybe will be able to go back and write up some some write up some summaries of those episodes. But whatever, no one's reading those. You're, you're here to listen. You're I'm here to listen to the, the episode. Reading them, I actually I kind of get a, a chuckle out of them. So. I enjoy writing them, but when I don't have the creative energy to yeah. come up with the write ups, it's like here's the episode. <laughs> I barely have the creative energy to title them, come up with titles. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I, again, I think it's safe to say every four weeks we'll put up some sort of bonus episode. That's usually what we do during our breaks. Uh, yeah, well, I think the commentaries were fun. I'm sure we can. Generally, so we've, been, we've been trying to avoid doing commentaries on movies that we may end up covering in the future yes. based on who we may move on to. 
uh, which is still a ways away. We may be three quarters done, but again, we're maybe a year out from finishing this project. It's so, so crazy. I just, I'm, I'm picking the next one. <laughs> no, I picked Stallone, so I think it's only fair. I think you, you should look if you wanted to. If you wanted to watch There's every no Bruce Willis, I, could, I, I would, said, I would hold my nose and do it in I've the same said, way. I'm not doing that. Okay. There's a lot, of, and it, some of it actually is having us joke about this. Having so many movies, and Bruce Willis has been around a long oh, time. I and I just recently like saw on Netflix like some some kind of like these Stallone movies. I had no idea. So I'm like, oh, I had no idea Bruce Willis did this. No, I no no, I can't do that many movies. We can watch if we did that, we would have to watch that uh, movie that came out in China that was it was like. That only existed for uh, people to like extort money out of the Chinese government. Remember that story? <laughs> just that I forgot about what them. movie was that? What was it even called? I, I don't remember. remember. Uh, it was like an air, like a World War II like dogfighting movie, and uh, yeah, it was like producers because because everything is owned by the government in China. It was just a means to scam money, just drain money out of the Chinese government's coffers. <laughs> Uh, I'd have to go back and reread the details of that. I forget oh. even which episode we covered that on, but um, it doesn't matter. Uh, no, but look, <laughs> it's your pick. Believe if, if it makes you feel any better, I've been holding my nose through a lot of the Stallone stuff too. I didn't realize. I don't think any, either of us realized the, the kinds of movies and just how many. I mean, that that's the biggest thing. Is it's just yeah. such a big catalog. Well, as you said. We're only three quarters of the way through, and we've already done more movies than we did for Schwarzenegger. But look, I think it has illustrated the difference between their careers and the fact that give Arnold credit for all for the you know. I it's different because when Stallone was young, he was perceived as the new Brando. He was perceived as this you know really great actor who has all this potential. And I was half kidding when I say how much he squandered it, but I'm half serious. Like he definitely you know, went down a path that was not what people expected him to do by becoming this action star. And part of it was, I think the the existence of Arnold Schwarzenegger probably influenced that of just like, he saw him and what saw him as a competition and said, I I need to do that also. Yeah. I can act better than this guy. And look, (laughs) sure. I can be both things. I can be a muscle bound guy and I can be a good actor. So I guess it's, it's not apples to apples, but I was going to say, at least give Arnold credit, even his bad movies, He's never, he's rarely phoning it in. Oh, Cal- Calador, yeah. he's phoning it in. <laughs> Red Sonia, he's phoning it rarely in. Rarely, that, that's very fair. And, and in a few instances, in movies that I would say are just about unwatchable, he's, he's doing his best, and in some instances, succeeding in carrying those movies on his back. Yeah. So I, I think, it, if anything, it gives us more appreciation for the true. Arnold run of this podcast to say, you know what? I have no cynicism about Arnold's movies in his career. Like, he just seems like a guy, he knew who he was, he knew what his niche was, you know, he pushed the boundaries sometimes, and he, you know, oh, now I want to do comedies, let's make twins. Oh, I want to be, a, you know, do a little bit more dramatic stuff now that I'm back from being governor, let's make Maggie. You know, he's, he, he occasionally will branch out, but by and large, he knew who he was, and he knew what kind of movies he was good at, and he made those movies, and we didn't have to suffer through... <laughs> You know, Stallone... I see you. Bo- both going... Because even, even when Arnold was pushing his boundaries, it was always still in a place where he wasn't pushing too far. He never made Rhinestone. No, you know what I, I mean? mean? Honestly, so kin- that, that's kindergarten Stallone, cop, right? I mean, John Kimball... 
Yeah, he's still playing. A, I mean, what's funny about that movie is he's playing a typical Arnold character who's thrust right. into a situation yeah. where an Arnold character doesn't exactly. expect to be. He's not that far out outside of yeah his comfort zone. Right, whereas Stallone making Rhinestone, that's pushing too far outside of his comfort zone. So either, it, it's, it's both extremes with Stallone. He either does that and pushes too far outside his comfort zone. He's trying in Rhinestone. He wants to make a, a good musical comedy. He, he's just not suited for that. Yeah. So you've got that extreme of bad movie, and then you've also got the extreme of Stallone feeling like he's just cashing a check, like, you know, whether it's ICU or whether it's even Cobra, like... Very basic action movie, very kind of... Uh, it's a style of movie we've seen a hundred times before. You know, we're, you were joking about it being a Death Wish movie. I, we compared it to, to a Dirty Harry movie. It's like this... There's nothing new about this. No. It's, it's, it's just Stallone. And, I, you know, I think he got paid very well for that movie. It's, it's a canon film, and he had a very lucrative deal with canon films. So you've got that extreme also of movies where it doesn't really feel like Stallone's trying that hard to do something interesting. So, but when when Stallone finds his sweet spot, I think the highs are higher. I understand. The highs are higher and the lows are lower. Well, I'm going to continue thinking about when we move to our our next action star. I've got a, I've got two pretty good ideas, but we'll wait till we get there. You, 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 said, you know my preference. Year. You know my preference. I, I don't. I, I don't think I know who the second person is. Oh yeah, you do. Oh okay. You yes, I do. Both. Oh, I definitely have a preference. Then you you've got him up. On we you. hey. Let's not. I don't want to. I don't want to. I think we kind of already ta- talked about one of our options at some point in a recent episode. So I think the cat's a little bit out of the bag for one of these people. But for the other person, we're going to run into this exact same problem. Remember Stallone, what we're going through in Stallone. Again, we also watched Rocky Balboa this season, which is a, very, a really good movie. And we both enjoyed it a lot, a lot. So not to pick on Stallone. When he's great, he's great. But if you're going to pick someone who is making very standard action movies and not really doing, frequently doing things that are, you know, have been done before and not very interesting. I think uh, maybe we're talking about different people. We're going to have to talk about it off the show. Yeah, we'll talk about it off the show. All right. We're wrapping up anyway. It is time to wrap up, so we will be back with something. (laughs) No matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside. Sorry, I remember the. I, it wasn't that it's on Netflix. I went. I finally bought it. I I have delved into. I, I bought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then Netflix also had The Bastards and Django. So okay. I have been all Tarantino for like the last two weeks. I have just been, and I, you know, most of his movies are not short. Reservoir Dogs is probably the shortest. His movies are generally not short. I have still not done The Hateful Eight, only because you said. Don't basically don't bother. I rewatched because Netflix put up like a four and a half hour version. It was like they split oh my it, god they split it into like three episodes or something like that. <laughs> and I rewatched it. I went like maybe this improves it. No, I disliked it even more. <laughs> I watched the whole thing. So, maybe it's only two episodes. Maybe it only splits it in half. But whatever, it splits it up and makes it longer. Oh boy.
So I, I like, I, for a couple of days, I was struggling. I mean, I, I, I was struggling of what my, my favorite Tarantino is. I think mine might be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I put it on frequently <laughs> while I'm working. Just I just have it on in the background. I've probably re- I've probably watched it ten to fifteen times I, in cumul- cumulatively. And I'll watch like an hour of chunk of it while I'm working. And that's what I'm struggling with is I feel like it's because it's too fresh. I feel like I'm moving it up too high. No, usually it's the opposite. Normally you need time to you know be Get become distance. no to be. It takes time to. Gain an attraction or attraction that's attraction, attachment. Uh, no, attachment is the word I'm trying to say. Yeah, I combine two words, but uh, yeah, to get an attachment to a movie usually takes time. The fact that I so immediately loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and every time I watch it, I like it more. I think that's it's it's head and shoulders now my favorite Tarantino, especially because it's a movie where nothing happens, it's just a day in the life, there's no real like oh, it conflict. Should be, it should be right in my wheelhouse of loving 70s movies of nothing happening, right. And I'm not saying, I, it's just, I'm... And I hate those movies. And I love I know, that I, movie. I, I, that's what's funny, is I know you hate those movies. Yeah, that's how good it is. It overcomes my distaste for movies like that. It's tough. I, I Honestly, I, I, I'm, like, I'm really like torn, challenged, and, and struggling with it. Because the thing is, is that I, there's so much to love about Inglorious Bastards. I mean... I love Inglorious Bastards, too, yeah. And then I like I don't want to sell short like Pulp Fiction changed movies in a lot of ways, some for the better, some for the worse. Yeah. But it it it's like a it is it, that is a movie that you can point to and say that changed cinema. It absolutely did. But the older I get, the more I find that Pulp Fiction to be a little shallow. I can There's see not that. a lot underneath the surface, whereas I think Inglorious Bastards and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There is, and I there's know, a deep well of emotion in those movies that is not present in Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. There's not, just, but here's the thing: I will, I there always Reservoir Dogs will always be in my top three Tarantino, just by it. It was like, yeah, I get it. It was the it was it was that and Goodfellas were like the two movies that probably completely shaped my love for the movie. So I'll I'll always have a soft spot. Uh, but yeah, Once Upon a Time is is probably. It's number two at worst. Yeah, it's so good. Bastards is probably ahead of it. I, I even the rewatch. I really like Django. There, there's, there's some, there's some I don't like as much. Yeah, Django's fine. I don't dislike it, but that's not one of my favorites. It's fine. There's parts that are great, you know. Uh, but and the, the funny thing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, on second and third viewings, I would have, I had expected to be bored by the Sharon Tate stuff because at the end of the day. Yeah. It's there because you expect her to be involved at the end, and then when she's not, you rewatch it and go, like, she has nothing to do with anything. We don't really need to follow her. But well, at no point it's a am red I... herring. Yeah. It's a red herring. But it's a, a decent chunk of the movie is her yeah. going to the movies and watching... Putting on those ridiculous classes. Sure. Uh, going to the Playboy Mansion. Like, there's a lot of stuff with her, and you don't need any of it. But at no point when I rewatch the movie am I bored by it. I'm fully engaged by it. And I, I'm not sure why. I was going to say, I don't know if I'm fully engaged. I'm not bored by it. Um, she sees the trailer for that Joe Namath movie. <laughs> that is pretty awesome. I want to I want to find that movie and watch that it. That is pretty awesome. So, Joe Namath was in a movie, apparently. He's the star of a movie. That's the part I love about it. In particular, a movie like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is so much about the period of yeah, movies of that time. I'm just like, there's Tarantino obviously knows everything like so much about movies. <laughs> there's no doubt. So it's a learning opportunity of just like, I want to see that Joe Namath movie. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee he's a terrible actor. 
I guarantee it's a terrible movie. That, too. The, the trailer you see, yes, the trailer you see in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, awful. it looks so bad. And the, he, at no point does he even I think say a word. He just punches a bunch of guys in the trailer. <laughs> They're cutting around his acting. Clearly, I don't need to see the movie to know I'm, I, he's a terrible actor. Yeah, and there, I mean, there's just a few scenes that I've. I, I, the two of them sitting down to watch his episode of FBI. Oh, yeah. I don't know if any of it, honestly, I mean, I haven't gone out to look. I probably should. Whether or not, how much, or, you know, was scripted. But what it, it whether it was or wasn't, what it feels like, it just feels like it completely captured, like, two really good friends. Oh, just, yeah. Just sitting down and, like, honestly, nothing happened, but that's, like, what, what you would do. Yeah. Well, especially because he's giving little little inside right? things. That's oh. Billy Taylor. He's a good guy. And that, <laughs> that guy's a f- prick. <laughs> that's actually the <laughs> What's funny about that line is they, they you know they use CGI to insert Leonardo DiCaprio in an old in a real FBI episode. <laughs> they pick on that poor yeah. I, who knows what that guy, the real guy, thinks of that if he's still alive. That guy's a f-ing prick. That's a real actor. <laughs> <laughs> now that said, it would be awesome if Tarantino had done so much research, <laughs> right? I wouldn't put a past actually to know like no, this particular guy actually was a real. Prick. Yeah, yeah. I would not put a pass at all. Oh, anyway, so, but honestly, that might be. I mean, there's there's a lot of great quotable stuff, but as the more I've watched it now three times, and like that scene to me is like the most. I, there's something so real about it that if you want to like capture a heterosexual male friendship, yeah. I honestly think it's it's, it's the, one of the greatest depictions of friendship in the history of film. <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, we've been talking about this for like ten. I may just tack this out at the end of the episode. Like here's oh. here's us talking about Tarantino uh, movies. To be honest, before we recorded, we well, were just chatting. After we record, you could throw on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would probably sit here and watch it with you because I, all the way. From, it's a pretty long movie. It is. Got to work tomorrow. Don't let the Mexicans see you cry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Cliff Booth. I need those sunglasses back. Come get them. <laughs> yeah. That relationship is so good. It's, it's, I mean, the whole movie. I love that movie so much. That's why, you know, people talk about, oh, movies aren't so as good as they used to be. Like, some of my favorite movies of all time, my favorite Star Wars movie I rewatched recently is still The Last Jedi. I love that movie, and I put it above wow. movies that I, lo- I loved as a kid. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, is one of my favorite movies, period. I loved uh, Knives Out in the last couple of years. I think... Definitely in my top five from the last five years. I was going to say in the last couple of years, but they're not to say like I'm just naming Ryan Johnson movies at this point. But you know, I mean, there there are there are great movies coming out all the time, and and uh, uncut gems. Yeah, God, no, I love that movie. There are, but I will say, last year actually felt like it was kind of an uptick that there were a few more things. Yeah. That, that I was interested in because because when I went and I looked, I'm like, how many things was I actually willing to invest my money in? Last year had a disproportionate like number of movies that I was willing to actually invest in. Maybe, buy. yeah, maybe we're just on an up upswing. Um, but there's just a lot of really talented people working right now and getting theatrical releases still, even in 2019, 2020. Yeah, you know, that's it, it, all the doom and gloom I, about. I oh, have, it's all moving to Netflix and and. I have no idea what you know, Nolan Ten- Tennyson or what. I have no idea what it's about. Tenet. Zero. Don't care. I only know one thing, and it's ridiculous, and I don't want to say it. Oh, it's not. Is it going to ruin it for me? Like, I don't think I it's. A, I don't think it's a spoiler, but it's something that would I think color. I don't. I don't want to. I know how much you love Nolan. I don't want to spoil do. anything. Don't don't ruin it for me. No, I, won't, I won't say it. 
I'm actually, I'm actually, it's like, honestly, it's something I've been looking for more, I've probably been looking forward to that movie more than any movie in the last, like, ten years, just because there haven't been any movies to go see. Sure. So. Uh, they're, 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 they're trying to get that thing out in July. I, I don't know. see how that's going to happen. I don't. I, I will tell you this, I will go. If it's in theaters, I will go. It's not even a question. Sure. I'm, I'm not. They're, they're going to delay it. Probably. At some point, it's a business decision. It's like, yeah. what percentage of people who would otherwise go see it are going to see it, in this, given the state... You know, in other parts of the world, I think it's maybe easier to release a movie in theaters right now. But in the U.S., I, I can't see that. In, yeah, doing I agree. It. All right. As much as I'd love to talk Tarantino and Ryan Johnson, we should actually do our work here <laughs> since we only have two days until this needs to post. That's fine. It's a, it's a, it's a short episode and it requires zero editing. So I didn't, it's not like we can record these the last minute. All right. You ready? Should I th- throw that on the, at the end of this? Like, Yeah, that we put no effort in whatsoever. <laughs> No, I'm saying this conversation we just had. I'm fine it's with not, it's not related to uh, Stallone, but uh, you know, people might. I, I'm willing to complete. I would just, I would sit down and I would do a bonus episode on Uncut Gems. I oh, don't absolutely. care. I'd be very excited to do so that. The only problem is I have to if, take my medication first. Oh, I don't. I that this that is the medication for me. What I was just saying is <laughs> that, that is like, the drug is Uncut Gems. God. That buzzer <laughs> sound it just does not leave me after I watched it. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. I. I well, I may, I may put this on at the end, so I'm not going to spoil right, it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to think. I'll have to think about whether we spoiled anything. Also, I'll, I'll have to hit the bleep button a few times if we tack this on at the end. That's actually going to. Pre- the only reason why I'm not, I wouldn't put that on at the end, is because it's more work for me to bleep. <laughs> we we didn't realize we were on the podcast, so maybe maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will. All right, you ready? Yeah, see.